Dr. Chris Smith is logging on. That's excellent news. The Naked Scientist will join us in just a little while. In case you missed it, just a really positive day, actually, across the JSE. Most of the indices made money today. Most companies in the main indices made money. Uh, Financials were softer. Um, and metals and mining were softer. But the broad resources sector was up, industrials were higher, um, and the gold shares gave up a little bit. The RAND is actually having quite a good session. With the U.S. markets closed for the Martin Luther King public holiday, currency is uh, trading is fairly limited this evening. But to the euro, we're around 17.56, 21 exactly to the pound, and 15.38 to the dollar. Um, US futures pointed towards a positive opening tomorrow, but a lot can happen between now and then. We'll be watching Asian markets first thing in the morning. I'll be chatting to Rafil Wemoloto first thing um, on Cape Talk and also, of course, to Bongani Bingwa first thing tomorrow morning, uh, standing in on uh, bringing you the latest on overnight markets. So we make sure that you get exactly what you need, all of the information you need to make better decisions. Somebody who makes a living out of making great decisions and helping other people understand the world around him is Dr. Chris Smith. Now, Chris has laid the foundation for the naked scientists because there's more than one of him. Um, he's in the multiverse, I suspect, because there are many of him. It's a radio show. It's a podcast. It's a website that goes all the way back to 1999. He's a co-presenter of The Naked Scientists and is a science uh, correspondent for ABC RN in Australia. He produces Five Live Science on BBC Radio 5 Live in the UK. On 702 and Cape Talk, of course, every Friday morning, taking your questions. And occasionally he'll appear on radio in New Zealand in addition to his day job. And that day job is as a medical consultant specializing in clinical microbiology and virology at Cambridge University. It's Teaching Hospital Addenbrooke's is his base. He's a member of the University of Cambridge's Institute of Continuing Education, named ICE, which is kind of cool. Um, And that is providing online courses in a range of disciplines and affordable courses as well. So if you need a little bit of education uh, and you want to be educated by the likes of Chris Smith beyond what we do with him on the radio, then ICE may be the answer to everything else. The bit I've left out, Dr. Chris Smith, the naked scientist, is you are a fellow commoner at Queen's College, Cambridge. I love that title. Do you know what it means? I'm I'm a fellow again these days. Uh, I started off as uh, a fellow, then I stopped being a full fellow because I got too busy to do teaching and other things, so I stepped back and became a fellow commoner, which is basically a person associated with the college who doesn't have all the teaching responsibilities that normally are associated with being a fellow, but in the last six months I have returned to the fold as a fellow again, although in a slightly different role I'm now doing public understanding of science and pushing the um, sort of science and the fellowship and their contribution to science from Queen's College, Cambridge. So I'm, I'm, I'm actually a fellow again and that's, that means I'm part of the fellowship of the college. Excellent. Thank you for explaining it, as you do every Friday morning on 702 and Cape Talk so clearly and succinctly. What makes you so passionate about what you do? Because no question seems to be too elementary for you to address. You, you, see, you really seem to understand that the rest of us are absolute twits when it comes to understanding the world around us. Well, do you know what? The thing that really crystallised it for me, when I first walked into medical school at the age of 18, I, I walked into this lecture and they 
had this guy down the front giving this talk and it was really fierce and it was at a frantically fast pace and they were using all these words that I had never heard before in my life and it was terrifying and they started picking on people in the audience there were about 300 other you know 18 year old medical students and dental students there and everyone had palpitations looked white as a ghost sweating and it got worse and worse and worse and and I was thinking I can't survive this for five minutes let alone five years or six years of medical school I my university career is over. And, and and after about, I don't know, 20 minutes of this, <laughs> suddenly this slide goes up going, you've been wheezed. And yeah. all the people down the front were all stooges. They're all senior medical students. That's winding us up. But then one of them stepped forward and said, now look, there is a serious side to this wind-up lecture. And you could see everyone was kind of clutching their chest and kind of had their heads on the desk and everything. And they were thinking, okay, maybe my life is back on track. But the guy said, there is a serious side to this. And that is that uh, in the next five or six years at medical school, you will learn five or 6,000 new words. And those words are not in common parlance. And if you use them in front of patients the way that we've used them in front of you, those patients are going to feel like you do right now. And and it really was a wake-up call to me that actually we spend our lives learning all these fancy words and using them. But if you're not familiar with the lingo, they actually leave you in the dark and leave you very scared. And that was the moment when I think it crystallised in my, in my mind that the way you make things simple, clear and easy to understand is you just use simple language, you assume that people don't necessarily know what all the words mean and so you make sure that you explain things clearly, logically and sequentially. And so I've tried to sort of carry that through my medical career but also my science career as well because I also, I, I found it very frustrating. You know, I, I'm quite well qualified, I know quite a bit about science but I will pick up papers even today, read scientific papers in journals and I don't understand a word they're talking about and I have to read them, read them, read them again and then I go and ask a friend. I have to phone a friend. <laughs> what does this mean? <laughs> and, um, and, I, and I think there's no excuse for that really. And if you go back to the 1940s, 1950s, you will find science papers that were written on topics completely remote to those that you know anything about today, but you can understand them. And something seems to have gone wrong in the last 50 years where we've gone from clear, elegant English that was accessible straight to the point and didn't hold back on any punches and made it clear what it was trying to say to this very, very obfuscated style of communication with loads of stuff packed in where it, it's very hard to follow. And and I think that's a shame, but I try to get around that by, by keeping the language really simple. And I think there's, there's no reason that everyone can't understand if you just speak clearly and use the right sorts of words that people will be familiar with. It makes it crystal clear to your patients. It makes it understandable to your students. It certainly makes it absolutely understandable to the radio audiences you speak to all over the world and saves an inordinate, I mean, a lot of time um, simply because you're able to communicate clearly once and you don't have to go and re-explain yourself time and time again. It's interesting, isn't it? Because I, I also, as, a, as, as both a contributor to radio programmes, but I also make, host and present radio programmes. Mm. And some guests will feel the need, as you will know, to say something and then almost to reassure themselves, they say it again a slightly different way. And just to make sure you've got the message, they then say it again. And so your interview ends up three times longer than it needs to be. And when you edit it, you can generally re remove two thirds of it and, get, and not lose anything. And so I always anticipate that when we're going to talk to people. I always say, look, we're going to do it in the following way. 
try and keep your answers to this long and please don't use complicated words because people won't get it and actually people really appreciate the briefing and they find that it does it does help them to sort of focus in on what they're going to do in what order and how to say it and if, and if you just kind of line your arguments up like dominoes and see the points you're trying to make fall like a sequence of dominoes it does i think help people to follow because they can see where you're going and you only say it once but each each domino falling is is a sort of tick on the box of understanding for people who you're trying to get your point across to there is a comfort though in the jargon you learn the jargon you're taught in the jargon you understand or you should um understand the, the five or six thousand words and their precise meaning but that inability for professionals and whether it be medical professionals whether it be legal professionals whether it be financial professionals particularly advisors to communicate complex things that are complex to other people in a clear fashion suggests to me that they don't really they haven't internalized the knowledge they don't actually understand it well enough to explain it to me i think that's a good point and um there's there's also kind of this i need to fit in and follow the crowd and and use all this bizarre management gobbledygook because otherwise (laughs) i won't i won't be seen to be one of the team the one that really gets me luckily it's stopped you probably got thousands of emails from people all over the place but chiefly from america who wanted to reach out to you and I've lost count of the number of people reaching out to me and I started getting really antsy with them and I'd write mm. back and say, well, it's very nice of you to write to me. You must have very long arms to reach out all the way across the Atlantic to me. And they, and they just didn't get the joke. No. But luckily they sort of stopped reaching out to me quite so much now. But it's those that sort of gobbledygook that it kind of it becomes a meme, doesn't it? People kind of hear someone talk about going forward and then everyone wants to go forward or reach out and then everyone wants to reach out and they all copy because they think it's the in thing to do and it isn't. It just irritates everybody. I have a list of banned words um, and reach and out. No, 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 reach out is, is at top of my list of hate it? phrases. <laughs> it is an abomination. It really is. Now, listen, we need to talk about money because you know an awful lot about science. What do you know about money? Well, I've always been quite financially savvy. And for the last about 15, 20, no, 20 years, I've, I've run my own business. And so in some respects, I've, I've become quite entrepreneurial as well. We were one of the first podcasts ever to exist in the world back in 2001. What? 2000, 2001, we started this. And, and I ran all that stuff as a business since then. And, and so The Naked Scientist actually is, is a production company which has a reasonable turnover and has employed a decent headcount and... Um, managed to keep its head above water. I, I think it's one of the few examples of businesses that did take on staff during the pandemic when most businesses were busy shedding headcount. Uh, so alongside my, my medical, scientific and, and other work, I, I have kind of dabbled in trying to run a business and um, and done it okay, I think. Well, the fact that you are still doing a podcast more than 20 years in, <laughs> that you're paying salaries out of a podcast, suggests that you may have your head screwed on. We'll talk to the Naked Scientist, Dr. Chris Smith, a bit more detail about money in a bit. You know him as the scientist. Let's see if we can make him perspire or sweat um, a little in a moment. The Money Show. Other people's money. The Naked Scientist runs his own business, a podcast business, which is now a production house and produces podcasts. You're not the only Naked Scientist. You have scientists. Um, It's it's lots of naked people together. 
<laughs> well, well, boggles the mind, doesn't it? Uh, actually, it's a small team. Um, there's about four or five people, and we also have some internships, paid internships. Uh, I don't feel we should resort to pulling people in and exploiting them, so we make sure we pay people a decent going rate to come and work with us, and that's been very successful as well. I, I buy PhD students out of their PhDs. Or <laughs> the ends of their PhDs at uh, various universities, and we put them in the program, and they join us as a sort of fully paid-up member of staff for eight weeks, and they they learn the trade. And by the end of it, we then say, right, what we really want is what's between your ears, because if you've done a decent PhD, then you know more about your sector of science than anyone else on earth. So you can therefore help us to make a really good program about it, and they do, and um, it works really, really well because it kind of brings people who are really at the top of their game scientifically into a, a very friendly, receptive media environment. And so we're a sort of low-resistance path into you know, big audiences because around the world the naked scientists probably moved, I think we're up to about 120, 130 million downloads of our programs now around the world and um that's that's aggregate i mean i don't mean every week it'd yes. be lovely if we did if no we no did. of course but it's, it's but no but I'd, come I'd, on i'd be sitting on my island somewhere but um you know it's, it's, it's a nice way for people who otherwise would find there's quite a high barrier to entry to get mm. their voice onto the radio or onto the internet and so on it's it's nice for them to have that opportunity and then then they can try things see if they they like this and if they want to carry on doing more public understanding of science and if if they do then we obviously have helped them to build something of a portfolio to get them started I, I have wonderful conversations with medical specialists who are incredibly good at what they do, and some of them are amongst the best in the world at what they do. Yet you ask them about anything outside the area of specialization, and they look at you blankly because they spend their lives reading medical journals um, because they just have to keep pace with best practice around the world. When it comes to money, and beyond the managing of the business, when it comes to managing um, the the pension fund for Chris and for Sarah and an inheritance one day for Amelia and for Tim um, and to allow them to keep living in Cambridge and possibly study there themselves one day, do you invest? Uh, odds and sods, to be honest with you. Not not as much as I probably should because at the end of the day, I mean, this is the reason I, I know a bit about business is because when I was a medical student I paid my way through medical school to an extent by working on the London Commodity Exchange and I traded coffee and cocoa (laughs) as uh, for futures so this is futures trading and uh, I actually made a lot more than I did as a junior doctor (laughs) doing that kind of thing but what I I think the most valuable thing I got out of that was I did not want to do that for a job because I did not enjoy uh, getting up at ridiculously early times of the, the morning to catch a train or a bus to get to the middle of London, to then frantically rush in to be sitting on that seat when the market opened, to then do a lot of crosswords and twiddle my thumbs a lot until the action started, you know, which would come in peaks and troughs during the day. And, and, I, and I would come in the next day and rinse and repeat, and I didn't find it was creative enough. I needed a creative outlet, but it did teach me a huge amount about finance and business and, and particularly how futures and, and how the finance mechanisms work. But um, you've not utilised so, that, that skill set not enough. in building no, that's wealth. That's right, not enough. And, and the reason is that what it also taught me is that you do your research and in order to do this well, and to, and and if you're going to do it yourself rather than pay someone else to do it, you've got to know what you're doing. You've got to mm. spend the time. You've got to put the legwork in. 
reading the market, reading what what your portfolio is going to comprise, trying to spot where, in the same way as I spot for science, where the emerging areas are, what the hot stories are going to be, and who's going to be doing what, and what we need to be making programs about. I would have to be investing the same amount of effort, energy, and time in doing that financially to actually not get my fingers burned. And so uh, I, I, that's why I haven't done that. But perhaps in the future, perhaps you know, this is something you do as you get a bit older and you have a bit more time. Um, that might be might be something I would return to. But do you so? Do you have do you invest in funds? Do you hand your money over to a financial advisor to a, port, a series of portfolio managers and say, make sure I don't depend on the the, the British um, pension system, although it's one of the best in the world. I, I, I'd like to have a little bit more than that, thank you, one day, because I've worked very hard uh, and have shared my knowledge with the world. Or are you? Like many people, relying on the business. At private school, right? <laughs> and and I've got this massive thing called a mortgage. And Dreadful, and where do you think this money stuff comes from <laughs> that I then give to somebody to invest on my behalf? I mean, come on. I mean, I'm I'm being facetious. Um, no, you're right. Uh, I I probably would at this stage of my life if I had much more disposable cash at the moment. It's yeah. it's saving up for sending my kids to university. But I would be I would because of the reasons I've outlined, be paying someone else to do the research on my behalf in the near term. But longer term, it's fun. I mean, if you, if you if you can make those sorts of spots, as you well know, you make those sorts of spots, you do the research and you have fun and, and you spread the risk. And um, that's probably what I'll do. In I mean, I've sort of earmarked wanting to do a bit more in the years ahead because I know it's something that I've left behind and I used to be quite active in, in following and, and I think, hmm, I quite like to get into that because I got back into, and it was, I think COVID pr- pr- provoked me actually to get back into and re-establish and reconnect with past interests, including mechanical engineering and all that kind of thing. I, I used to build loads of machines and rebuild them and so I, I've uh, been doing a lot of that again. I've rebuilt a, a, a tractor which is <laughs> about 60 years old. Uh, I've done a, I was just doing a diesel generator that I found on a farm that was dead. But, uh, that's about 50 years old. I've just done that over the weekend and that now, that now runs. <laughs> so maybe I'll reconnect with my financial past as well. Uh, a multi-talented man is Dr. Chris Smith, the naked scientist, but you know that already in terms of his knowledge base, but now you know that he's got a good pair of hands on him and get his brain and his hands working together. Dr. Chris Smith, thank you very much for sharing with us this evening. You're very generous with your time. Uh, As always, on a Friday on 702 in Cape Talk, you'll hear the naked scientist, and you can ask him absolutely anything under the sun and add to that anything to do with generators south africans use a lot of generators chris smith uh, can do a side hustle in in (laughs) generators and i've no doubt there'll be a youtube channel one of these days um there, there are lots of young american youtubers making an absolute fortune online